We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. And now joining us here on a very special episode of the Bear Report Podcast, it is Scott Eklund of Dogman on 24-7 Sports. He's a recruiting reporter, football reporter, and he has covered new Chicago Bears defensive back Kyler Gordon since his freshman year of high school. So I figured he is the perfect guy to bring on to give myself and the fans an insight on one of Chicago's new draft picks here uh, for the Bears. Scott, thanks again for joining me, man. Absolutely no problem. Love talking about uh, Huskies and especially guys who came from the state of Washington, which is where I live. So. Yeah, I mean, this is perfect. And right away, I got to say, you know, we got a chance to talk to Kyler and he was awesome in his first press conference, um, literally on draft night. We'll get a chance to talk to him some more this weekend. But I guess kind of just give us some background on Kyler and what you've known from him. I mean, you said you've covered him since his freshman year of high school. So it's, that's been a long time. Yeah, it has been. And, and I mean, so he went to a small private school up here, but it's a dominant private school at its level. Um, it's a it's a two way. We we only go up to four a here in, in the state of Washington for high school football. So some, some of your listeners might go up to six a. I think is that is the highest in the country right now, but um, they only go up to two a in the state of, or I'm sorry, up to four a in the state of Washington. And his school was at two a, but it's only a, a it's a small uh, Catholic school, Archbishop Murphy. And um, it actually plays up. It could play at even lower the level than it plays at. So, um, but they produce a ton of talent. Abraham Lucas, who was drafted by the university of Wa- or by the uh, Seattle Seahawks uh, in the third round uh, offensive lineman, he actually came out of Archbishop Murphy as well. So it's, it's a really good school comes out of there um, high academics. So he's a really smart kid. Um, great football program up there is recruited by, Gosh, I mean, most of the top 25 schools in the country, maybe not like in Alabama or Clemson, but Notre Dame was after him pretty heavily. And he actually got down to Washington and and Notre Dame when it was all said and done. And his relationships with the Husky coaching staff is what really made him 
want to choose the University of Washington. Plus, it was nice to have his parents and fr- family and friends be able to come watch him play. So one, one of his reputations in high school, and it, and it carried forward all the way into, into um, college, and I'm sure it'll carry over toward uh, the Bears, is that, you know, he's pound for pound one of the best athletes on any team he's ever played. He, he uh, jumped 42 inches in high school. I think he had 44 at the combine. I could be wrong on that, but I think he had 44 at the combine or on his workout. Um, he, uh, he runs about a four, four forty, So he's really fast. He's quick. He's, he's a quick twitch athlete, tough, uh, can do pretty much anything you want him to do. He, if, if you guys need punt return, kick return duties, he never got the chance to do that at the University of Washington, but he can do those things as well. Uh, played both ways at Archbishop Murphy. Could have been a two-way player at the University of Washington if they wanted to employ him that way. But uh, just a, a great kid from a great family, smart, uh, humble, works hard. I, I mean, I, I don't want to give out all these superlatives because there's got to be something wrong with him, right? <laughs> but but uh, I, I feel like I'm just gushing about him. But I've known him since he was about 14, 15 years old. And uh, now I know him as a you know, 21, 22-year-old and great kid. And I'm so excited that he gets this opportunity. And I'm going to be looking forward to watching the Bears play on Sundays. Yeah, and you mentioned his recruitment a little bit. Uh, I'm looking here on 24-7, uh, a four-star recruit, um, 187th overall in the country, which is you know fantastic. Um, 19 at his position. When when he got to Washington, what was kind of his role early? Um, you know, did it take him a while to kind of find some playing time? Was he kind of buried on the depth yeah. chart? When did he actually emerge? Yeah. So uh, as a in 2018, as a true freshman, um, he played four games. But um, the NCAA, I don't know if people know this or not, but the NCAA has a rule where you can play in four games. They instituted this in 2018, I think was the first year, might have been a year before that, but where you can play for four games and then sit out the rest of the year. And that allows you to redshirt and save a season of football uh, that you can play at the college level. 2019, coming out of fall camp, um, he was the starter at one of the um, at one of the corner spots. And he played two games and just was struggling. I, I think he was thinking too much instead of just reacting and, and using his, his athleticism and, and uh, instincts to take over. And so uh, they, they pulled him back. He wasn't the starter anymore. Actually, Trenton McDuffie, who was taken this year in the first round by the Kansas City Chiefs, took over for him as a true freshman. And he came in and he started the rest of the season, but Kyler worked his way in to the rotation. He was kind of their nickel dime guy, um, made a couple plays, um, you know, made a couple, you know, was, was pretty good at, at, at doing his thing. He had, he ended up having 32 tackles that year. Um, and, you know, four pass breakups, but his only interceptions really came this past year in, in, in the 2020 season, he was also a backup, but he forces, if you go to the Utah game, um, when they played Utah in the 2020 season, so they only played four games, um, that season, he was a backup, but there's a play toward the end of the game. Utah is driving down to take the lead really late in the game. And, or I, I think it was to extend the lead. I'm sorry, to extend their lead really late in the game. And um, the tailback goes uh, to the left and Kyler Gordon just comes up, hits him hard, causes a fumble. The Huskies take it the other way. They, they get tackled, but eventually they go in and score for the winning touchdown. 
And that was a key play. And I think that's when I, I guess if you were going to say when the light really came on for him, I think that was it. I think that's when he gained his confidence was that game. Washington ended up coming back. They were down. Gosh, I, I wish I knew it, for, you know, off the top of my head, but it was, it was something like 24 to three at halftime and Washington comes all the way back and wins 27, 24 at the end of that game. So um, just a great game all the way around. And he, he made the key play at the end that really kind of saved the game for him. If it, if they hadn't, they, they might not have won that game. So, um, you know, that was kind of where the light came on. And then this past season, he and uh, Trent McDuffie were the two guys that we all knew were going to be the starters at corner. And um, he played like it, uh, 46 tackles on the season, two interceptions, the only two interceptions of his career, nine pass breakups, um, just was all over the field at certain times. Just the one thing I'd say about, you know, about Kyler Gordon, if, if I had to say one thing is he's not a natural cover guy. I think if he was a little bit bigger, he'd probably be a better safety than he is a corner. But what he is good at is is that is his change of direction, and he's pretty good with the ball in the air. I mean, he's one of the better ball-in-the-air kind of guys. He'll go up and get it, because especially with that 40-inch vertical, 44, 40-inch vertical. And um, But I don't know if he's a natural – like, if, if he walked out on the field and you watched him play, you'd say, man, that guy could play safety and be a really good safety. But because he's not very big, he's, he's a little bigger than Buda Baker was, and you know how good Buda Baker is. Well, um, he's a little bit bigger, and he kind of comes with that same mentality that Buda does. But I think what you might see is you might see him tried out at corner. I don't know what Chicago's needs are, but he might be a better safety – depending on the kind of system you guys run and what they want to do. But either way, he'll be a playmaker for you guys in the secondary. There's just a lot of people that might've thought that he's because Trent McDuffie was the better cover guy. If you, if you just said, we want a guy to go out there, shut down one side of the field, then that's probably Trent McDuffie follow a guy all over the field and cover him. Kyler Gordon's more of the guy who's probably better as an off man corner. And um, you know, where, where he's, manned up but he's off the ball and and not just running with the guy all the time and that's not because he can't run with him it's because he's probably better with his eyes on the quarterback than he is with his eyes on the on the wide receiver but yeah just can made a bunch of plays this year basically won the cow game for them because of his two intercept he had two interceptions in that game that was those were his two interceptions so um you know won that game for him and and just really helped washington on one side of the field We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Yeah, and I think what you just said is kind of interesting because, you know, we have a corner here in Chicago. Um, you're probably familiar with him. He played at Utah, Jalen Johnson. And Absolutely. He's a guy who I think is more uh, of the better cover corner and I think will be the better cover corner between the two. So I think he kind of actually fits that role that McDuffie might have played at Washington here in Chicago. And, and you know, Jalen took a big step forward. He struggled a little bit in his rookie season staying healthy, but last season he was one of the best cover corners in the NFC. Trust me as a guy who covers a <laughs> PAC 12 team, we were, they were very happy to not see Jalen Johnson again. Oh, so. That's good. That is very good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I guess, you know, why um, when, when I looked at mock drafts in the past and I looked at the scouting report for Gordon, he was a first round prospect on a lot of people's boards, you mm-hmm. know, not top 10, not top 15, but a lot of people have him going to Buffalo or Kansas city late yeah. in the first round. Why, why did he fall to the second round? And uh, why was he there at 39? Um, I, I think part of it, you know, for a lot of these teams, a lot of it, a lot of reasons why they, I don't, how many uh, corners went in the first, first round? Was it oh, four? Man. I think it was about four or five, four or five. Yeah. Well, but the corner spot was pretty deep this year. And when teams know it's deep, that, that there's not much separating the fifth guy on their board from the 10th guy on their board, maybe they feel like they can wait a little bit longer and they take another position group that they know isn't as deep. You know what I mean? So I think that's probably one. I think, I think first round, he's a first round from an athletic standpoint, but as far as productivity, um, he's really only started one season at the University of Washington. And that might be why some teams wanted him maybe to, cause he, he still had a season of eligibility remaining, or I'm sorry, two seasons of eligibility remaining. And so he, he could have come back and, um, and, you know, and, and not, you know, and, and gotten more experience and then maybe would have gone in the first round. So I think he went a little early, but he probably, it was be, if Jimmy Lake was here, um, at the University of Washington, and I don't think it would have been the program would have been better off. But maybe Kyler Gordon decides to stay one more season because he feels confident that the guy who recruited him and the guy who's produced so much so much NFL talent out of the secondary for the University of Washington would be able to help him increase his stock. But um, from an athletic standpoint, I don't think you could argue. I don't think it's even arguable that he wasn't a first round talent. I just think with his experience and with some guys with a little bit more um, just straight up coverability, because, uh, you know, you had Stingley, you had Sauce Gardner, you had those guys, then Trent McDuffie, obviously. Those guys are probably, I don't want to say they're a step ahead or a notch above, but they're, you know, if you're looking at it, they're like an inch on the graph, you know, <laughs> How, however you want to call it. They're just a little bit more experienced and a little bit more natural at what they do. So that's probably why he fell a little bit, but I mean, heck you guys got a bargain because he's a first round talent. I'm very glad to hear that. Cause we, we felt the exact same way about Jalen Johnson a couple of years ago, a guy that, mm-hmm. you know, fell to the second round, similar situation um, should have probably been a first round pick, but um, you know, looking- well, I mean, look how many people passed on Richard Sherman and for a while that's there, he true. was the best, he was the best corner in the, in the NFL. And that was a guy I also covered out of high school. He was a wide receiver coming out of high school. So, so a lot of people, I mean, there, there's just some of these guys that if they fall, they fall for, they don't fall for the best reason, but the the team that gets them is so happy. They fell to them. You know what I mean? So, um, cause Chicago, 
did Chicago Chicago did have a first round draft choice this year, right? Uh, no, they did not. No, so they, they, they traded for Justin Fields. Last okay, year. yeah, that's right, that's right. So um, you can see how closely I follow the NFL draft and all the <laughs> trades and everything, especially this year with all the trades. That was ridiculous the yep. amount of trades that were going on. As someone who used to follow the draft, who basically started following the draft in 1983, it, it's because they teams didn't trade that much, mm-hmm. you know. And now you got you've got top players like Russell Wilson leaving and and all these guys, you know, Adams going to the Raiders for all these draft choices. It just throws everything off when you're not used to that. So, but um, anyway, back to what we were talking about. I, I think, I think a lot of these guys end up falling and it's not because they aren't talented. It's because they might not fit the team needs that, that are needed at that point in the draft. And I mean, Richard Sherman was a fifth round draft choice. And I think the Seahawks got the better end of that deal. So when you look at Gordon and his career at Washington, you know, the Pac-12 has produced some really good wide receivers. This year, the, you know, the main one was obviously Drake London. Yep. Was there a matchup or a game you saw him play in that going up against a good wide receiver Ooh. where you were kind of like, man, this guy's got it. Uh, you know, this, this is a kid that can play mm-hmm. here um, at corner. Um, well, you know, I, I think a big one would have been um, the – uh, Stanford game last year. Um, and it is, he didn't start Trent McDuffie struggled with some of the, cause you know, Stanford, they, they have those, they usually run three tight end sets yep. all the time. And, yep. <laughs> and, uh, um, Kyler Gordon came in and actually shut down, uh, helped shut down one of the other, um, one of the other tight ends and, and gave Washington, Washington the ball back late in the game with a chance to win it. And, um, and they, they didn't end up winning that game. They went three and one in 2020. And that was the one loss that they had was the Stanford game. But um, yeah, I mean, it would be that one. I mean, the way he'll come up and hit you for a guy, his size, he hits you like he's 225 pounds, but he's only about one, what was he not 195 or something like that in the draft. And um, he hits you a lot harder than you're, than you would expect. And um I remember uh, when he was a he was a senior in high school. He was playing a team um, from North Kitsap, which is a ways away, but they're known for having big, burly running backs. And this kid was about 215 pounds and about six foot. And Kyler Gordon was maybe 180 pounds at that point in time. He comes up from his safety spot, and it happened literally right in front of me. I mean, you can actually see me in the you in the uh, Facebook or I'm sorry, the Twitter video that the the person took and posted. But um, it literally happened right in front of me. The guy was coming up to the goal line and Kyler Gordon just belted him and stopped him at the two. And, and I mean, he was outweighed by about, I would roughly guess about 40 pounds and he sent the guy backwards. So he's a guy who's going to support the run. That's what I should have said earlier when we were talking about his superlatives. I mean, he is a great run stopper. He has no problem coming up and being physical, taking on a blocker, um, you know, I, you know, seeing, seeing a pulling guard come around, he's not going to hesitate to at least get that blocker out of the way. So someone else can make a, make the, make the play. He's going to, he's not going to shy away from contact. He loves it. He enjoys it. He actually uh, looks for it. And um, yeah, I, I think that, but that Stanford game, when you had to play physical, when he had to do those things, I think that's really the Stanford game in 2020. That was really the year when I kind of saw, yeah, I think this guy can play. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And I'm glad you said about the run game and not being afraid to kind of come up and make a tackle because that's kind of what they're looking for here in Chicago, get a new defensive system, um, a defensive-minded head coach, and they want physical guys, guys that can come up and make tackles. It sounds like Gordon is a perfect fit for that. Um, my final question before we kind of wrap things up here, and I think you kind of talked about it a little bit, but give us some something on the character of Kyler Gordon, who he is as a person, what, what, what should we expect here in Chicago, not on, on the field, but, you know, off the field as well. Well, all the, all the players loved him. I don't, I couldn't, I never have heard a bad word spoken about him, you know, cause sometimes, and I mean, you're around the, the Chicago team. I'm sure you hear certain things about certain players that maybe they might be good players, but the other players aren't real fond of them or what, for whatever reason or whatever. Kyler Gordon was not that guy. Everybody loved playing with him. Um, he'd come down and play basketball with, with some of the students. And there's an outdoor um, basketball court on the UW campus that um, anyone can go to. I mean, it's usually students, but anyone can go to it. And I remember seeing him out there one time with, um, with some little kids, uh, just kind of running around playing basketball with them saw it on the on the field several times when the coaches would bring their little kids on the field and he would throw passes to them and all those different things he's he's just a really easy kid to get along with and he's smart and he's engaging he isn't one of those kids who just says yes no you know and and doesn't really want to talk to people he doesn't know very well he'll talk to anybody he and i i wouldn't be surprised if you see him out there signing autographs um for people uh, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes before the game or before, you know, before stretching or whatever you want to, you know, and maybe he'd be a guy who stays after it at, uh, at your, at your training camp and, and signs autographs eventually. And when, when people are hounding him for it, you know, you just, there isn't a bad thing I could ever really say about Kyler Gordon. I just, I enjoyed covering him. He was always easy to talk to, always took my phone calls and these kids, are getting, you know, especially when they're in high school and they're seniors and especially a heavily recruited recruit like uh, Kyler was, he didn't want it to, you know, they eventually go dark. They get tired of talking to people. He never got tired of talking to me. And I'm a, you know, when I was covering him doing that, I was a mid forties, you know, I was in my mid forties and, and, and everything. And he could, he could just say, who's the, you know, okay, boomer kind of thing. Right. And he didn't do that. He would be okay. X or, but whatever. But um, he, he's just, he loved hanging out. He likes talking football. He likes just talking about life in general and, and uh, great kid, great family. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy him there. 
That's good stuff, man. We really appreciate you joining me on this podcast. Um, where can everyone follow you on Twitter or where can they read your work at? Yeah, well, um, I'm over on, you know, it's the two four, it's the Washington side on 247. It's D-A-W-G-M-A-N.com, dogman.com. And uh, I'm on I'm on Twitter. Um, I don't give political opinions. I don't get into that realm. Thank God I couldn't stand doing that. <laughs> yep, I'm, I'm literally you. I'm literally there to post my stories. And and if anybody has a question on the Huskies or maybe the Pac-12, I might answer it. But for the most part, I'm just there tweeting out um, my stuff that I do. And that's Scott, S-C-O-T-T. And my last name is Eklund, E-K-L-U-N-D. And that's all one word. And you can find me over there. Follow me. Um, I do my best to, to give the best articles on, on Husky guys, but I also do a lot of stuff on the Pac-12 once, once the season rolls around. Awesome. Thanks again for joining me, man. I uh, really appreciate it. We'll have to do it some down the line again sometime. Yeah, hopefully we're talking about another Husky getting drafted by the Bears here. Yeah, soon. that'd be kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you again. Thanks for having me. Yeah.